This is the Witnesses of History podcast, presented by Jeff Longley. Hello and welcome to another Witnesses of History podcast. Something slightly different this time in that neither of these two reports are dated. They are uh, not related to a particular time of year. But they're both about the weather. And the longer one in a moment is very much about snow and ice. But we're going to start, and they're both from the 16th century, we're going to start with this one from 1589. Poet Giles Fletcher reports on the seasons in Russia when he went on a special embassy there in 1588. The whole country differs very much from itself by reason of the year, so that a man would marvel to see the great alteration and difference betwixt this winter and the summer in Russia. The whole country in the winter lies under snow, which falls continually and is sometimes a yard or two thick, but greater towards the north. The rivers and other waters are all frozen up, a yard or more thick, how swift or broad soever they be, and this continues commonly five months, viz. from the beginning of November to towards the ends of March, what time the snow begins to melt." so that it would breed a frost in a man to look abroad at that time, and see the winter face of that country. The sharpness of the air you may judge of by this, for the water dropped down or cast up into the air congeals into ice before it comes to the ground. In the extremity of winter, if you hold a pewter dish or pot in your hand, or any other metal except in some chamber where their warm stoves be, your fingers will freeze fast to it and draw off the skin at the parting. When you pass out of a warm room into a cold, you shall sensibly feel your breath to wax stark, and even stifling with the cold, as you draw it in and out. Diverse not only that travel abroad, but in the very markets and streets of their towns, are mortally pinched and killed withal, so that you shall see many drop down in the streets, many travellers brought into the towns sitting dead and stiff in their sleds. Divers lose their noses, the tips of their ears and the balls of their cheeks, their toes, feet and so on. Many times, when the winter is very hard and extreme, The bears and wolves issue by troops out of woods driven by hunger and enter the villages, tearing and raffening all they can find, so that the inhabitants are fain to flee for safeguard of their lives. And yet, in the summertime, you shall see such a new hue and face of a country, the woods, for the most part, which are all of fir and birch, so fresh and so sweet, the pastures and meadows so green and well-grown, and that upon the sudden, such variety of flowers, such noise of birds, especially of nightingales that seem to be more loud and of a more variable note than in other countries, that a man shall not lightly travel in a more pleasant country. And this fresh and speedy growth of the spring there seems to proceed from the benefit of the snow, which all the winter time being spread over the whole country as a white robe and keeping it warm from the rigour of the frost, in the springtime, when the sun waxes warm and dissolves it into water, does so thoroughly drench and soak the ground, that is somewhat of a slate and sandy mould, and then shines so hotly upon it again, 
that it draws the herbs and plants forth in great plenty and variety in a very short time. Well, also from the 16th century, we now have a long report by Gerrit de Vere of the ordeal of Dutch seamen trapped in the Arctic ice in 1596 and beyond it. The leader of this expedition, the purpose of which was to discover a northeast passage to Asia, was the Dutch navigator Willem Barents. In June 1597, his ship was still trapped in the ice, and he and his party left in two open boats. Barents died a week later, but most of the others survived. In 1871, the house in which Barents had wintered was discovered with many relics still intact. Here is de Vere's report. The 11th of September, it was calm weather and eight of us went on land, every man armed, to see if it were true, as our other three companions had said, that there lay wood about the river. For that seeing we had so long wound and turned about, sometime in the ice, and then again got out, and thereby were compelled to alter our course, and at last saw that we could not get out of the ice, but rather became faster, and could not loose our ship, as at other times we had done, as also that it began to be winter. We took counsel together what we were best to do, according to our that time, that we might winter there and attend such adventure as God would send us. And after we had debated upon the matter, to keep and defend ourselves both from the cold and wild beasts, we determined to build a house upon the land, to keep us therein as well as we could, and so to commit ourselves unto the tuition of God. And to that end we went further into the land, to find out the convenient place, in our opinion, to raise our house upon. And yet we had not much stuff to make it withal, in regard that there were no trees, nor any other thing in that country convenient to build it withal. But we, leaving no occasion unsought, as our men went abroad to view the country and to see what good fortune might happen unto us, at last we found an unexpected comfort in our need, which was that we found certain trees' roots and all, as our three companions had said before, which had been driven upon the shore, either from Tartaria, Muscovia, or elsewhere, for there was none growing upon that land wherewith, as if God had purposely sent them unto us, we were much comforted, being in good hope that God would show us some further favour, for that wood served us not only to build our house, but also to burn, and serve us all the winter long. Otherwise, without all doubt, we had died there miserably with extreme cold. The 6th and 20th, we had a west wind and an open sea, but our ship lay fast, wherewith we were not a little grieved, but it was God's will, which we most patiently bear, and we began to make up our house, part of our men fetch wood to burn, the rest played the carpenters, and were busy about the house, as then we were sixteen men in all, for our carpenter was dead, and of our sixteen men there was still one or other sick. The seven and twentieth it blew hard northeast, and it froze so hard that as we put a nail into our mouths, as when men work carpenters' work they used to do, there would high ice hang thereon when we took it out again and make the blood follow. The same day there came an old bear and a young one towards us as we were going to our house, being all together, for we durst not go alone, which we thought to shoot at, but she ran away, at which time the ice came forcibly driving in, and it was fair sunshine weather, but so extreme cold that we could hardly work, but extremity forced us thereunto. 
the 8 and 20th, it was fair weather, and the sun shone, the wind being west and very calm, the sea as then being opened, but our ship lay fast in the ice and stirred not. The same day there came a bear to the ship, but when she espied us she ran away, and we made as much haste as we could to build our house. The 9 and 20th, in the morning, the wind was west, and afternoon it blew northerly, and then we saw three bears between us and the house, an old one and two young. But we notwithstanding drew our goods from the ship to the house, and so got before the bears, and yet they followed us. Nevertheless we would not shun the way for them, but hollowed out as loud as we could, thinking that they would have gone away, but they would not once go out of their footpath, but got before us, wherewith we and they that were in the house made a great noise, which made the bears run away, and we were not a little glad thereof. The thirtieth the wind was east, and east-south-east, and all that night and the next day it snowed so fast that our men could fetch no wood. It lay so close and high upon the other that we made a great fire without the house, where therewith to thaw the ground, that so we might lay it about the house, that it might be the closer." But it was all lost labour, for the earth was so hard and frozen so deep into the ground that we could not thaw it, and it would have cost us too much wood, and therefore we were forced to leave off that labour. The 1st of October, the wind blew stiff northeast, and afternoon it blew north, with a great storm and drift of snow, whereby we could hardly go in the wind, and a man could hardly draw his breath. The snow drove so hard in our faces, at which time we could not see two ships' length from us. The second, before noon, the sun shone, and afternoon it was cloudy again, and it snow, but the weather was still, the wind being north, and then south, and we set up our house, and upon it we placed a maypole made of frozen snow. The thirteenth, the wind was north and northwest and it began again to blow hard, and then three of us went aboard the ship and laid it a, sh- a sled with beer. Uh, but when we had laden it, thinking to go to our house with it, suddenly there rose such a wind and so great a storm and cold that we were forced to go into the ship again, because we were not able to stay without, and we could not get the beer into the ship again, but were forced to let it stand without upon the sled. Being in the ship, we endured extreme cold, because we had but a few clothes in it. The fourteenth, as we came out of the ship, we found the barrel of beer standing upon the sled, but it was fast frozen at the heads. Yet by reason of the great cold, the beer that purged out froze as hard upon the side of the barrel as if it had been glued thereon, and in that sort we drew it to our house and set the barrel on end and drank it first up. But we were forced to melt the beer, for they were scant any unfrozen beer in the barrel. But in that thick yeast that was unfrozen lay the strength of the beer, so that it was too strong to drink alone, and that which was frozen tasted like water, and being melted we mixed one with the other, and so drank it, but it had neither strength nor taste. The 7th of November it was dark weather, and very still. The wind west, at which time we could hardly discern the day from the night, especially because at that time our clock stood still, and by that means we knew not when it was day, although it was day, and our men rose not out of their cabins all that day, but only to make water, and therefore they knew not whether the light they saw was the light of the day or of the moon, whereupon there were of several opinions, some saying it was the light of the day, the others of the night, But as we took good regard thereunto, we found it to be the light of the day about twelve of the clock at noon. The twentieth, 
it was fair still weather. The wind easterly, then we washed our sheets, but it was so cold that when we had washed and wrung them, they presently froze so stiff that although we laid them by a great fire, the side that lay next to the fire thawed, but the other side was hard frozen, so that we would sooner have torn them in sunder than have opened them, whereby we were forced to put them into the seething water again to thaw them. It was so exceeding cold. The nine and twentieth, it was fair clear weather, and a good air, the wind northerly, and we found means to open our door by shoveling away the snow, whereby we got one of our doors open, and going out, we found all our traps and springs clean covered over with snow, which we made clean, and set them up again to take foxes, and that day we took one, which as then served us not only for meat, but of the skins we made caps to wear upon our heads, whereby, wherewith to keep them warm from the extreme cold." The 1st of December, it was foul weather with a southwest wind and a great store of snow, whereby we were once again stopped up in the house. And by that means, there was so great a smoke in the house that we could hardly make fire, and so were forced to lie all day in our cabins. But the cook was forced to make fire to dress our meat. The 3rd, we had like weather, at which time, as we lay in our cabins, we may, might hear the ice crack in the sea, and yet it was at least half a mile from us, which made a huge noise, and we were of opinion that, as, as, that as then the great hills of ice which we had seen in the sea in summer time break one upon the other, and for that time that during those two or three days, because of the extreme smoke, we made not so much fire as we commonly used to do. It froze so sore within the house that the walls and the roof thereof were frozen two fingers thick with ice, and also in our cabins where we lay all those three days, which we could not go out. By reason of the foul weather, we set up the glass of twelve hours, and when it was run out, we set it up again, still watching it lest we should miss our time. For the cold was so great that our clock was frozen and might not go, though we hung more weight on it than ever before. The seventh, it was still foul weather, and we had a great storm with a northeast wind, which brought an extreme cold with it, at which time we knew not what to do. And while we sat consulting together what were the best for us to do, one of our companions gave us counsel to burn some of the sea coals we had brought out of the ship, which would cast a great heat and continue long. And so at evening we made a great fire thereof, which cast a great heat, at which time we were very careful to keep it in, for that the heat being so great a comfort to us, we took care how to make it continue long, whereupon we agreed to stop all the doors and the chimney, thereby to keep in the heat, and so went into our cabins to sleep, well comforted with the heat, and so lay a great while talking together, but at last we were taken with a great swounding and dazzling in our heads, yet some more than other some, which we first perceived by a sick man, and therefore the less able to bear it, and found ourselves to be very ill at ease, so that some of us that were the strongest started out of their cabins, and first opened the chimney, and then the doors, but he that opened the door fell down in a swoon before the grit, before the snow, which I hearing as lying in my cabin next to the door, start up and casting vinegar in his face, recovered him again. And so he rose up and when the doors were open, we all recovered our healths again by reason of the cold air. And so the cold, which before had been so great an enemy to us, was then the only relief that we had. Otherwise, without doubt, we had died in a sudden swoon. After that, the master, when we were come to ourselves again, gave every one of us a little wine 
to comfort our hearts. The eleventh, it was fair weather, and a clear air, but very cold, which he that felt not would not believe, for our shoes froze as hard as horns upon our feet, and within they were white frozen, so that we could not wear our shoes, but were forced to make great patents, the upper parts being sheepskins, which we put on over three or four pairs of socks, and so went in them to keep our feet warm. The thirteenth it was fair clear weather, with an east wind, then we took another fox, and took great pains about preparing and dressing up our springs, with no small trouble, for that if we stayed too long without the doors, those there arose blisters upon our faces and our ears. The five and twentieth being Christmas Day, it was foul weather, with a northwest wind, and yet though it was foul weather, we heard the foxes run over the house, wherewith some of our men said it was an ill sign. And while we set disputing why it should be an ill sign, some of, our, some of our men made answer that it was an ill sign because we could not take them to put them into the pot or roast them, for that had been a very good sign for us. The sixth and twentieth, it was foul weather, the wind northwest, and it was so cold that we could not warm us, although we used all the means we could with great fires, good store of clothes, and with hot stones and billets laid upon our feet and upon our bodies as we lay in our cabins. But notwithstanding all this, in the morning our cabins were frozen, which made us behold one and the other with sad countenance, but yet we comforted ourselves again as well as we could, though the sun was then as low as it could go, and it was now beginning to come to us again. And we found it the, to be true, for that the days beginning to lengthen, the cold began to strengthen, but hope put us in good comfort and eased our pain. The seven and twentieth, it was still foul weather with a northwest wind, so that as then we had not been out in three days together, nor durst our thrust our heads out of the doors, and within the house it was so extreme cold that as we sat before a great fire and seemed to burn on the foreside, we froze behind at our backs and were all white as the countrymen used to be when they came in at the gates of the town in Holland with their sleds. The 8 and 20th it was still foul weather with a west wind, but about evening it began to clear up at which time one of our men made a hole open at one of our doors and went out to see what news abroad but found it so hard weather that he stayed not long, and told us that it had snowed so much that the snow lay higher than our house, and that if he had stayed out longer his ears would undoubtedly have been frozen off. The nine and twentieth, it was calm weather, and a pleasant air, the wind being southward. That day he, whose turn it was, opened the door and digged a hole through the snow, snow where we went out of the house upon steps, as if it had been out of a cellar, at least seven or eight steps high, each step a foot from the other, and then we made clean our springs for the foxes, whereof for certain days we had not taken any. And as we made them clean, one of our men found a dead fox in one of them, that was frozen as hard as a stone, which he brought into the house and thawed it before the fire, and after flaying, of it, flaying it, some of our men ate it. The thirtieth it was foul weather again, with a storm out of the west and great store of snow, so that all the labour and pain that we had taken the day before to make steps to go out of our house and to cleanse our springs was all in vain, for it was all covered over with snow again, higher than it was before. The one and thirtieth it was still foul weather, with a storm out of the northwest, 
whereby we were so far shut up into the house as if we had been prisoners, and it was so extreme cold that the fire almost cast no heat. For as we put our feet to the fire, we burnt our hose before we could feel the heat, so that we had work enough to do to patch our hose, and which is more, if we had not sooner smelt than felt them, we should have burnt them ere we had known it. The 5th of January, it was somewhat still and calm weather, then we digged our door open again, that we might go out and carry out all the filth that had been made, during the time of our being shut in the house. I made everything handsome, and fetched in wood which we cleft, and it was all our day's work to further ourselves as much as we could, fearing least we should be shut up again. And as there were three doors in our portal, and for that our house lay covered over in snow, we took the middle door thereof away, and digged a great hole in the snow that lay without the house, like to a side of a vault, wherein we might go to ease ourselves, and cast other filth into it. And when we had taken pains all day, we remembered ourselves that it was twelfth even, and we prayed our master that we might be merry that night, and said that we were content to spend some of that wine the night which we had spared, and which our share every second day, and whereof for certain days we had not drunk, and so that night we made merry and drunk to the three kings, and where therewith we had two pound of meal, whereof we made pancakes with oil, and every man a white biscuit, which we sopped in wine, and so supposing that we were in our own country and amongst our friends, it comforted us as well as if we had made a great banquet in our own house. And we also made tickets, and our gunner was king of Nova Zembla, which is at least 200 miles long and lies between two seas. A long account, uh, and that's all I have of it, and the doubtless went on. It's worth just remembering, though, that most of the party survived. Listening to the Witnesses of History podcast with Jeff Lumley. The music was by Eric Matthias. www.soundimage.org. <laughs>